Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting with me is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. Today, we welcome Tom Humble, Elliot Humble, and Scott Wallace of ECD Automotive Design. We want to thank Abigail Lackalade for her assistance with setting up this podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tonight's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care. Locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, and diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With five convenient locations, how may we be of service? ECD stands for East Coast Defenders, and they are based in Kissimmee, Florida. ECD has impressively been recognized in Forbes, DuPont Registry, and Rob Report, just to name a few. Gentlemen, welcome to our show. We are privileged to have you join us here tonight. Hello, everyone. Tom, we're going to start with you, sir. Um, You are a top-ranked leading sales director, having led several international organizations in Europe, including that of Volkswagen, Audi, and Porsche. Yet you led yourself on the path to self-employment and founded ECD Automotive Design. Give us a little more about your history. Yeah, I think uh, I was uh, kind of pushed towards self-employment by Scott, but we'll probably talk about that a bit later. Okay. Um, my my history has always been kind of, it, I say it started out kind of sports related and, and then kind of moved automotive. Um, and it's always been in that kind of sales, um, sales marketing kind of events space, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the, the kind of the story where um, Scott pushed me over the edge of... Uh, being an employee into self-employment I got was, uh, quite early on, and, and he, he dared me to to leave my job and uh, start ECD and jump into it full time and remove my safety net. I got you. Um, okay, which I did the next day, and uh, he had to come on board as well. So there you go. More fool him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what friends are for. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers are for, right? There you go. So, so Elliot, um, you are currently the operations manager of ECD, and you have successfully steered and directed the procurement of donor vehicles and automotive parts that support the growth of ECD, having led the company to over $14 million in annual revenue. That is just simply fantastic, guys. Please tell us more. I just want to get that quote framed and put it up in Scott's office. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah, you did that, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Elliot, I can remind him that that's what somebody says. Um, no, I mean, I suppose I've, just, I've always been been the person that sort of likes to get their hands dirty, likes to get really stuck into the cars. I'll learn all the parts, learn all the processes and what we have to do to build them, what we have to do to get them here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just generally be like a, I don't know, a dog's body or a problem solver, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I got you. Right. <laughs> um, dog's body's better. Dog's body, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just general get stuck in there, get, get really sort of hands on with everything I possibly can do. Um, and just just drive us forward to build the best trucks we can. That's uh, pretty much all I, all I do. Oh, that's just fantastic. That is awesome. And, and Scott Wallace, okay, so you were 16 years old and decided then that an hourly wage wasn't going to dictate your life. So that being said, mm-hmm. you have delivered big wins in the venture capital industry and came to the U.S. to join the Humble Brothers in building the ECD Automotive Design brand. Scott, uh, please share with us your current initiatives with ECD and its trajectory. Yeah, I mean, I met Tom Elliott over a beer one night, and we, we kind of just had a, a common love of 
anything automotive really we just right. discussed and shared lots of cars we'd had and uh-huh. then you know i dared tom to make the jump and um you know take the business seriously and we did and, and literally the three of us just mapped out a very simple non-corporate plan for the business and it was to build luxurious one-on-one vehicles using the land of a product to the base right. and i think i think the difference is that the three of us have all got very unique skills and i you know i think that's our biggest advantage that the collectively between the three of us we've managed to create a really strong brand a brand with a very good sales process mm-hmm. and client service process and a, and a brand where you know we've been able to with none of us have got a manufacturing background but somehow we've kind of managed to create a manufacturing process that allows the fluidness of customization and, and, it, and it works you know we produce a car every five days and it's it's it, and they're one of one vehicles right so it's pretty remarkable really you know? and i think that collection of minds is what's really helped ecd go from that you know two hundred thousand dollar turnover in its first in 2013 to 14 million we'll do this year wow um you know it's been a, it's been a bit of a journey but it's just been a collection of minds really the three of us and then surrounding ourselves by 50 other people like us mm-hmm mm-hmm well, uh, guys, you guys got some great things going on, and uh, we are certainly looking forward to, to asking you some more questions here. So, the Defender being the ultimate off-road four-wheel vehicle, uh, bar none. We grew up watching the commercials. Can never get stuck right. down for any terrain. So, what did the i? Where did you come up with the idea of making that Defender electric? Um, Tom, do, you want, do you want me to talk a bit about this one? Yeah. You can do, yeah. yeah that okay. would be electric, yeah. Yeah, so this is Elliot. Um, I mean, the biggest thing for us is, like like Scott and Tom were both saying, we're, we're, we're keen into all sorts of things that's going on with the car industry. We, we know what's sort of happening in the world with electrification of pretty much everything. And, and classic cars shouldn't be something that gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... The, the nicest thing with classic cars is to keep them running with modern drivetrains. Um, and honestly, <laughs> me and Tom joked about this earlier, but the more Land Rover electronics you can take out and Land Rover drivetrains you can take out, <laughs> the more reliable the Land Rover You know, I think we're all in agreement with that for sure. <laughs> so, As with any vehicle, um, by the way. So we were, I mean, we were pretty happy to um, to yank out those old Rover engines and old, old Rover transmissions and things like that, and and put in what what is is much more modern, much more reliable and, and dependable. Um, and and the Tesla drivetrain setup, I mean, it's complicated, but in reality, it's very simple. It's an electric motor that drives two drive shafts that drive two differentials, mm-hmm. and that's your drivetrain system. And then you've got your battery packs and cooling and charging, but it's it's just it's the way that the automotive industry is going. So, I mean, we don't want to get left behind, and we want to be the first people to be doing it right. properly. Um, and we and we did always say that the the way we want to do it is to to make sure it feels like it's a factory install. Like we 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 look through a lot of electrification companies and and people to work with because we're not electrical engineers. Um, so we're not going to be doing all this working out. So we work with people that that are. Um, and we found that a bunch of companies they'll make electric drivetrains, but they they make it so it's still having to work with a manual transmission. So you lose power there. It would still then go through a Land Rover transfer case. You lose power there, 
and it, with electric cars, it's all about being efficient. So we, sure. we wanted direct drive. We wanted everything to feel as it should and perform as it should. Um, and we were lucky enough, actually, to stumble across um, electric classic cars in the UK. Um, I was actually doing some research for my old Mini that I have, um, but it was way out of my price range for my little car. So I, I said no to that. But then it turned out that they were working on Land Rover systems, and we just sort of happened to fall in with them, and it, and it seemed to work out really well. Very cool. It's so awesome that the... You know, you guys are on the forefront of electric classic cars because mm-hmm. there is nothing like that here, obviously, in the United States. We, all the electric technology is in new and modern cars. Right. So I'm anxious to see in the future an electric 57 Chevy <laughs> Bel Air. Right. Yeah. How cool would that be? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, you're well, laying Chevrolet, a. Yeah, Chevrolet, we're, we're talking about the, the crate motor electric package. So I reckon probably a couple of years and they, they should be coming out with that um wow. i mean because that's what took the classic car world by storm to start with wasn't it the, the ls crate motors mm-hmm. it's dropping it just drops in works and everything right i mean we, we showed that perfectly in the defenders and the range rovers that they just drop in and, and are perfect and i think if if chevy can make that more accessible then i think it'll it'll take off enormously oh i do too we just have to come up with yeah. some way to create that exhaust note sound because <laughs> right. those cars the old cars in the 50s 60s 70s and 80s you know the yeah. ladder the pipes are the core of the car right so you know with the electric <laughs> everything's so silent and powerful uh that, really maybe that speaker system really right? good speaker systems in the uh in some copper pipes <laughs> that's right there that's a new technology it may right. need to be uh created there to create that exhaust note <laughs> along right. with the uh, electric motors yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think cool. that's a, it's such a great, exciting technology oh, yeah. and such an innovative idea mm-hmm. for yep. sure. So, gentlemen, I uh, wanted to yeah. follow up with you. I know Jason did a pretty good uh, uh, bio for each of you, but what are, what are your backgrounds in the automotive industry as far as how you uh, elaborate your hands-on experience in that? And, Tom, I would like to talk with you about uh, why did I buy a Volkswagen Touareg? Why did I do that to myself? <laughs> <laughs> It's fun to drive, but it's it's because we train salesmen to suck you in and just say yes and just give up. <laughs> well, congratulations! So you get out of the showroom. I, I, Tom, I you drive a VW Atlas. Yeah, I, I have an Atlas. Get it to me. There's a sucker in every crowd. That's right. It's yeah. the most fun thing to 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 buy and drive, but when you got to work, tell you what, an Atlas is a brilliant cost. car. You can throw anything in it. You don't oh, even have to think about it. They're absolutely fantastic. It's a lot of car for the money. They're absolutely fabulous. It is a lot of car for the money. But, but um, sorry, I, is this I, a Volkswagen training call? You know, I've just forgotten the question. <laughs> well, the question's going to be, just tell me more about your hands-on experience as far as in the automotive industry. I, I know, uh, Tommy, you have your background in here, but just kind of in your words, where, think, where did Jeremy come from? I think um, the best thing about the three of us is that we, we weren't ever really in automotive kind of dealerships or sales, so... Mm-hmm. We came at it from more of an enthusiast background. So we kind of, it's funny to say, but we kind of did things the opposite way that everybody else was doing them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just about selling a vehicle and, you know, we never speak to that client again. It was it was really the opposite. The sales process was very slow. The design process is, is kind of, you spend a lot of time with us. So I, th- I think the, the way that we all came at um, ECD actually kind of enabled us to 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 build the business from the 
the client's point of view rather than just a, a sales machine. So I, I think it actually worked out pretty well that none of us had come from that kind of corporate automotive background. So it's more of an aspect of what would I want in an electric Defender? Exactly. And, and what would I want the process to be as well? And, you know, what would I want the business that I'm buying the vehicle from to be? It's kind of all aspects rather than just the vehicle. It's, it's everything about ECD. We, cool. we kind of approach with that same attitude. Wonderful. Yeah, I think, I think to bore you with some statistics, I think Tom Elliott and I were, we bought a lot of cars. I mean, Elliot, Elliot, what do you want now? 11 vehicles, is it, and a boat? <laughs> I think, yeah, I had to know, leave we, anything with the HOA to, to be allowed to live <laughs> so, so we own we own a ridiculous amount of cars between us, and we've bought and sold lots of cars between us. And I think we're all frustrated with the industry. And uh, one of the stats we're, we're proud of, which our, our accountant is not proud of, is that seven cents in every dollar is invested in, in client services. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the automotive industry is terrible for that. You know, there's, the, the sales the sales process is not very nice. Mm-hmm. The the after sales is horrendous. It's horrible. You know, yeah, it's horrible. And we and we've just always said we don't want to be part of that. And and like Tom said, because we we're not really from the industry, we we turn it around and looked at it from the client perspective. And you know that that seven seven percent in every dollar is a huge cost to us. But actually, you know, we we really believe that that seven percent drives the hundred percent and has driven the growth that we've shown in the business. Wow. Because you know we we've got a good we look after our clients. And we invest heavily in it, and we. You know, I mean, we take personally all three of us a really invested interest in every truck that's built and every truck that leaves the facility mm-hmm. and, and and after it's left the facility, and and that's expensive and it's timely, but we think it's what gives us that edge. Oh sure. Well, I mean, I drive I drive every truck for 500 miles before it goes after our test drives yeah. have been done. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Only because you're 120 miles away now. <laughs> 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 yeah, he gets halfway home and then we got to Uber him the rest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anything to get away from you two. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, here we are on a Sunday night. <laughs> That's right. We appreciate you. Oh, Thank absolutely. You so this is fun. Um, gentlemen, um, so how is your brand growing and what are some long-term goals for your business? That has Scott written all over it. All right. <laughs> um, the, 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 it's interesting you say the brand is growing because I think the brands started growing aggressively from the day we formed it. You know, we we didn't ever want it to be a kind of exclusive club. It's it's an expensive product. We understand that, but we've never we've never limited it accessible. You know, we've never limited accessibility to anybody who can't afford the product. It's, you know, our price point is high, mm-hmm. but we have a huge fan base, and we purposely opened up our visibility to that fan, fan base so anybody can visit the rover dome and you know whether you're a, a client buying or whether you're just a, a fan um visiting us you get exactly the same tour you would get from one of us three you know we'll take you around and we'll show you everything on introduce you we, we never wanted it to become a pompous luxury brand and even our clients i think respect us for making it accessible and not pompous you know, we've tried to do some quite corporate things at times in error. Mm-hmm. And our clients are quick to tell us, you know, don't do that. You know, ensure you don't, you know, don't don't become that, that brand. So we've, the brand has been formed around that from day one. And I think that's why our, our brand awareness is growing with the fan base and with the clients. And then in terms of visibility, Tom's, Tom's, you know, he'll tell you, Tom's the visionary in the business. Tom, yep. 
it, Elliot, Elliot and I are the have to make it happen. <laughs> Tom comes up with these great ideas, and then we've got to turn them into something. Right. But you know, Tom's come up with this idea where we want to introduce the the regional car clubs, uh, the mm-hmm. drivers' clubs. Sure. So they will be there'll be drivers' clubs where if you're a if you're an ECD owner or you're not an ECD owner, you can have a membership to this club. And and we know we'd probably let people in without memberships, but it's just kind of a, a local point where people can meet up and discuss all defender things related and land over things related. Mm-hmm. And they can do it in an environment that's not pompous and, and certainly definitely 100% not sales related. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, we'll offer you to store vehicles there. We'll offer to do service there once you work. And then just a meet and greet facility. So I think we're proud of the brand because there is no marketing strategy for it. The marketing strategy is as much as, Look, let's film every truck as we build it. Let's film every truck as we finish building it and put it in our YouTube channel. Let's be transparent with how we build it and, and show the product mm-hmm. and put the product right at the center of it without a lot of marketing spiel and noise and nonsense that added no value. You know, it, the truck's the hero, and then we, we built a team of people that we, 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 we share with as well and who they are. And, and you know, people always say, oh, you share too much um, intellectual property, and we're like, it doesn't matter. You know, we could write a book on how to run our business. You still couldn't read the book, right? You know, we could we could give you a set. Of, we could give you an idiot's guide to it. You couldn't run it because it takes the three of us and the fifty people we employ. And and I think that's why the brand has become what it is because mm-hmm. it didn't have a plan. It, it was purely organic of a love of a product and a vehicle, from the three of us right through to everybody that works with us, right through to our fan base, and right through to our clients. It's driven from us. No, that's that that is a perfect um, that's a perfect model. That is for sure. Go ahead. All right, we're going to take a quick moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com. And please join us at our new website, theclassiccarcorner.com, where you can access our shows, learn more about us, and what we are up to. And tonight we are speaking with Tom, Elliot, and Scott of ECD Automotive. John, what do you what do you want to ask them about? You know what? I want to know, can you share what drives you and your customers to the clientele, uh, uh, the Defenders and the Land Rovers, the old school classics? What drives that market to you guys to convert their Defender, their Range Rover into an EDC vehicle? And is it just a drivetrain or is there some interior uh, adjustments uh, that you all customize to do to make it even more special? Shall I take that one, Scott Elliott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think with the product i think you know the the defender the range rover classic they're they're timeless to look at you know they were designed in the 60s um built 70s 80s i think i don't think it's a a vehicle that you can kind of get bored of but i think what we do to it to attract uh, and the reason a lot of our clients come to us is they're building a true one-of-one vehicle from the ground up um and I know, you know, there's the other brands say you can do that and, you know, you get to pick the, the seat color and the trim color. But with us, our clients go through a process of picking out every single option to, to build that vehicle from the ground up. And obviously, you know, we handhold and we, we guide people through it. And if they're not sure of something, we'll advise. But uh, as you just touched on then, it's from the, from you know, a frame on the floor up to the finished vehicle. So it's everything that 
the axles, differentials, the you know the wheels, the interior, the steering wheel, the stitch color pattern, absolutely everything about the vehicle is custom and personal to to them as they're kind of going through our design process. Um, and we have a lot of clients that you know they do it as a family. It, it's it's not just one guy buying a truck. It's it, you know it's something they've dreamt of, and it's having this kind of utility classic go anywhere vehicle that they can you know throw the kids the tent the dog in at the weekend and head off into the hills and it's it's kind of something that the whole family does together and you know we have families fly into us and sit and do their design meetings together and you know the kids pick out this and that um so so I, i think it's almost more than a vehicle and you know we always say it's not really just about the defender or the range rover it's about building that one-of-one vehicle for for the client and their family to enjoy, you know, for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. And that that late 70s, mid up to mid-80s Range Rover is such an awesome vehicle. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all grew up watching the commercials. It can never get stuck. It's so well-balanced. It's it's an incredibly vehicle. Yeah. But so is the Toyota Land Cruiser. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of in that market of comparing the Land Cruiser to the Range Rover. Uh, has there ever been any kind of discussion of doing both, or are you just strictly going with... We're too know, proudly British. I totally understand that. I totally understand that. I was going to ask you about if you were going to have a DeLorean coming out there. Doc Brown pulls up and says, you know, not only does the stainless well, steel work for the flux capacity. You're going to mention G-Wagon. Absolutely, and I totally respect that. I would not do that. You're going to drop the call if he says G-Wagon. You know, a lot of people like the G-Wagon. But... You know, a lot, yeah, of, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people like the G wagon. Yes, Elliot nearly bought one. The, the Range Rovers are awesome, yeah. and you know the Land Cruiser is kind of in that same ballpark as you know that ultimate off-road vehicle. Um, have you guys heard any kind of, I guess, through the grapevine, if Toyota or anybody from that that realm uh, kind of trying to copycat or what you guys are doing with the Range Rovers and the Defenders? I think I'll share a story with you. We, it's interesting you say that because the three of us somehow, you know, these three British petrolheads ended up in a mountain in Malibu. <laughs> a few years ago. And we were, we were there with an LS3 power defender. And we literally rocked up on this mountain and we told the press that we'd be there with an LS3, the first LS3 power defender. What was, was it 217 or 16, Tom? What was it? 16. Ellie, do you remember? Yeah, 2016. So we literally rock up in this mountain in the canyons in Malibu. And we're there on a mountain. We're thinking, you think anybody's going to turn up? And we're just there with a defender. And all the world automotive press were down at an AMG event and a Bentley event, I think. And we we drove through, and there was all these luxurious tents and you know millions of dollars in marketing and you know champagne, champagne and, and canopies. Yeah. And we're we're on a mountain, just the three of us in t-shirts. <laughs> and uh, and and the press arrived. You know, they turned up and they drove the LS3, and we were like, you know. And then they said something interesting. They said, "We've just been in to talk to Bentley, and we've been talking to Mercedes, and they know about you guys." And we were like, "Nah, that, that can't be right." And they said, "They do. They know about you guys." And they're saying that if you guys can create a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar SUV in America, then they they want a slice of that pie. And and they said they were going to create, you know, luxury SUVs. And this was Bentley, Rolls Royce, and they all have. You know, so I don't know about Land Cruiser, and I think I think it's bigger than that. I think, you know, we were told by the you know some heavyweight press that that the the luxury car brands were saying we need to get 
luxury SUVs out there because there must be market for it. And we were just astounded. But actually, if you look at it now, I mean, you look at the Bentayga and, you know, some of the other luxury brands. I think I think that's what we do. I think we've taken the Defender and through that one-of-one one design Tom's talking about, I think we've turned it into a luxury vehicle, but still with its organic and, you know, original off-road abilities. And, and you know, Elliot will tell you more, but enhanced those. You know, we've made it a daily user off-road vehicle, but you commissioned a team of 50 to design it for you. And it's your it's your intellectual property, and it's your one of one vehicle. But you know, I, I think that's what we've done. So I'm not sure Toyota Rescue mm. would go into that. Um, I'm sure there's some small smaller businesses that do it, but I think I think what we've done is just ramped up that exclusivity of the product a bit. No question, no question. Well, Bentley needs to get away from mineral oil, so anything electric will probably help them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. And I think you just identified what makes ECD different from other ledger car companies. Um, what? What? Uh, let's see here. Are you looking at, at any additional Land Rover models? Um, because I mean, you've got the niche of exactly. You, it's kind of like once you know what you're doing and you do it well. Uh, is there any plans to branch out on um, Land Rover products? Well, that's definitely one for the humble brothers. <laughs> well, I'll say yes, and then Elliot will shake his head and cry. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom's going to reel off a list of 50, and Elliot will just say, no, 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 no. Can't do that, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, just, um, Elliot, can you, can you find a way of swapping an electric drivetrain into, into this for us? Yes is the answer to that question. We have, and uh, <laughs> we've, um, I mean, I... I it's one of my um, things again, where I have this kind of vision without any real substance behind it, and Scott and Elliot make it work. But I would like ECD to be the, the go-to for anything classic British, that you know, electric or not, or I V8, whatever it is. It, it's classic British, and you know, you immediately think of the E-types, the Astons, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see why that wouldn't fit in with with what we do. Um, and, I, well, I say I don't know if we can talk about it. I'm about to talk about it. We, we've actually had a, a long-term client that's got three defenders from us already. Um, he's ordered um, a classic British sports car, um, electric drivetrain, which Elliot is so happy to, to hear about. So uh, uh, I've already, we've already got it planned. <laughs> within, within kind of the next 12 to 18 months, that, that will be um, unveiled. Um so, yes, is my simple answer to that. I, I do see it kind of as branching out into more, but still remaining classic and British. Absolutely. So it's a scale just to make it scalable for the car that's going to be receiving the enhancement. Because I could, I mean, from an MG to Triumph, there's so many classic British brands that were made in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s that, quite honestly, would be much more fun to drive with an electric drivetrain. And you could get the performance out of them. Yeah. Then the trouble that you had out of, I mean, my T- Triumph TR7 was, I think the wiring was done by somebody that was drunk. But, 
I said, where am well, I going to put the... design by somebody that was drunk as well. Well, possibly, <laughs> because it seems that whenever I had that, it was like, hey, they're just... You like, must have been drunk when you bought it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the seat's on the wrong side was, of the car. Was, what do you expect? I was a, a good car. I was a lot younger. Wasn't that the door wedge? <laughs> I was a lot younger, but it seems like they were saying, well, what am I going to do with these wires? Just shove them up underneath the dashboard. They'll be fine. <laughs> Insulation, sminsulation, just shove them up in there. That's right. If it doesn't shock you, it doesn't mean that it loves you. It was the Prince of Darkness, wasn't it? Lucas, the Prince of Darkness, put it together for you. But I mean, but a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these classic vehicles would be so much fun to drive if it wasn't for the the. Some of the not all not all of them are mechanically challenged. It's just there are some models out there that man, if you could put that electric drivetrain in there, you'd really get to enjoy what probably what the designer intended mm-hmm. for it to be. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, gentlemen, I, I know that um, you all uh, get your clients involved with the processes, uh, you know, uh, the specs and what they're wanting, but how long does the custom vehicle process take from start to finish typically? Elliot, you want to do that? What, from, from the client saying, yes, I want to go through it to, to us handing the keys? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's between 12, 14 months, something like that. Okay. Sometimes they go a bit a bit quicker. Sometimes they go a lot slower, depending on how <laughs> how many times people want to revise their ideas and how many things that they, they change their mind on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice thing is is, is we, we keep the process open for as long as possible. So I think on Friday, John, our, our designer, came into the, the parts room and he said, oh, Elliot, is it too late for, for a clock to change his engine from a, an LC9 to an LT4? I was like, uh, well, we put, his, we put his order through last month, so probably. And John was like, oh, he, he really wants to change. I was like, oh, all right then. Well, we'll change one. So, um, yeah, we, we pretty much keep it fluid um, the, the entire way through. I mean, we, we repainted somebody's roof after we just put their car together um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, I don't know, 12 to 14 months is our normal timings. But, like I said, it, it can be anywhere in between as well. Gotcha. So obviously that's a that's a pretty extended timeline to customize a vehicle of any any type. So what is the monetary value or what does it really cost if if I'm bringing in my 1978 Range Rover to EDC and I want it totally revamped electric and 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 redone uh over the next like you say 12 14 months or whatever it may be uh what kind of what kind of cost am I looking at? I think um, that it, it obviously all depends on the, the spec. I'm going to sound like a salesman here, but it all depends on the spec and what you're picking. Um, but typically, from around that kind of 180 to, to 250,000 mark, uh, defend, depending on the, the final fit and finish, um, some clients have gone well above that to, to 350, 400,000. Um, but but kind of typically in that 250 range, I would say. I'm not going to say that any of the purchasers are living to buy, but I, I think it really <laughs> does matter on, on like you were saying, fit and finish on material. Absolutely. The detail of those materials, because I mean, when you're getting this, not only are you getting the, the drivetrain, but you're getting a completely customized vehicle built to, built to spec, basically, I guess, as far as design detail on the interior. Would that be correct? Yeah, I mean, we have clients, you know, that, they've got um, a, a recent one was a, a Lamborghini, um, and we had to get the exact same material, um, the, the kind of the, the orange suede mm-hmm. 
for, for the interior. Um, so, you know, things like that aren't cheap when, when we're flying over sure. samples from Italy and getting them approved by the clients and mailing them backwards and forwards. And it's, it's all a, a bit of a nightmare for Elliot, but they're, they're the kind of say, things. <laughs> yeah, we, we, can, we can spend up to 1500 sort of $2,000 per hide of leather. I mean, and and then it's got to come, like Tom said, from Italy. It's it's, it's very very detailed. Right, absolutely. And yeah, I no, do the, 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 the absolutely. I do apologize. Well, I, said, I, mean, I said EDC. I'm originally lived in Las Vegas, and that was the Electric Daisy Carnival, uh, which is a very yeah. is which is a very popular uh, music We're festival out west. So I do uh, ECD. Uh, so obviously it changes uh, per whatever package and what level that that you want to updo. But what? How many? I mean, is it like a brand new car? I mean, can you expect another ten, fifteen, twenty years out of this vehicle once you guys get a hold of it and have have done your package to it? I think For so, sure. but Ellie will tell you why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the the, the we 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 shot last. We only buy cars that have good solid frames anyway. Then we shot blast them, strengthen them, galvanize them, and then finish them powder coat and raptor liner. Um, so we, we rust proof them frames for another 20 years easily. And that's with hard use. If, 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 if you were to baby it, it could it could just keep going and going and going. I mean, I think Lee's um, Series 2 that we did for him, that thing was a 1962 anyway. And we redid that for him. That thing will have another 30 years. No, like, problem-free. Yeah. Problem free. I mean, you, you we you could probably get some of these trips to a hundred years old. I reckon. That's a yeah, isn't it? Though that's so incredible to think about. It is you know invested your money in this nineteen mid seventies early eighties uh, Range Rover, and you you got two hundred fifty three hundred thousand miles on it. It's got a little rust on it. It's it's about done, and we bring it to you guys. You do your thing, and hey. You fix it up. I got a brand new 1978 yeah. Range Rover. It's going to last me till 2040. Better than new. <laughs> Better than new. I, just yeah. the idea of that is to me is just amazing. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about handing these down to their kids as well. So it's it's definitely something most of our clients want to keep in their family. Well, they're heirlooms at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the unique thing of the business. There's no. You know, we we kind of stand our offices and scratch our heads at times because we don't think there's any easy way of doing this. But yet, mm-hmm. we see you know companies pop up that say there is, but it's easy because they're not doing it correctly. The only way is to take it all the way down the frame, and then you know we have 50 guys, 2,200 man hours per vehicle to restore it to to that lifespan Elliot talked about. I mean, you know, 2,200 hours invested in each truck to get it back wow. to its original glory. You know, our 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 labor bill is terrifying. You know, I mean, being completely open, you know, we spend them at twelve to fourteen thousand dollars a day on technicians mm-hmm. because they're they're highly skilled. You know, you talk about the carbine, you know, its heritage, and, and we we employ craftsmen. You know, the people that do our upholstery and our and our fabrication and our electrics, they're true craftsmen. You know, they're they're really skilled people, yeah, and that's... you know that's why there isn't a quick fix to what we do. And you know, Tom will can tell you people ring all the time and say well you know this company said they'll do it for 100 grand well by all means let them do it because it isn't going to be we'll redo it. <laughs> yeah then we'll redo it yeah. i mean that, that happens all the time people ring us and say look i spent 100 grand and it's, it's in pieces in the car park can you come and collect it properly because 
you know, I think doing it the right way is, is the hard way, but it's, it's, it's the only way you get it back to anything like or better than its original standard. And that's the difficult part of our business is finding craftsmen and, mm-hmm. and, and doing it the right way. There's no question. Skills of the trade is, uh, you know, a, a, a skill that has definitely been lost, definitely here in the United States. And I yeah. assume it has been across the, across the globe as those skilled trades. Uh, that we're Elliot, in every aspect definitely needed. Uh, what um, I mean, we just did a, an original 300 TDI. Um, yeah, and, and CJ just absolutely smashed through it, didn't it? It just rebuilt the entire engine, you know, the original engine. Mm-hmm. It, it's a skill, no question. What um, I mean, eventually Land Rover is uh, going to get into. Uh, the electric vehicle market themselves and their, uh, you know, their own <laughs> brand. Have, what, what, what kind of a plan do you guys have to kind of coincide with that market or one up it or, you know, tweak it a little bit to, well, we to keep to, to keep uh, ECD <laughs> going? Twice, twice we beat into it. <laughs> you did beat them to it. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you I did beat them to it. Absolutely. I really don't think we have to, do we? <laughs> Hopefully no, they'll yeah. buy their technology from out, you yeah. guys, and you guys, you know, retire in Fiji, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> We'd all be bored within two weeks. Oh, right. I, I think, I think, I think we've, I think we've done the the U.S. billboard for Landor already over the last uh, eight years. I mean, you know, the, the defenders here now, and I think you know we we have done them a, a favor. You know, our brand has been a billboard to promote. You know, defender here for many years now, and you know Tom will, Tom again will testify that we we get a lot of people ring with a price point and they can't afford the vehicle we build, but they certainly can afford the vehicle Landover now build. And now it's here. It's you know I think we've we've done Landover a favour really by keeping that brand alive and certainly the Defender product alive. There's no question. So, Land Rover is it was definitely one of my personal favourite off-road vehicles oh, yeah. or you know They're all-terrain coming. vehicles right. that I've ever. Yep. been a you know seen ridden and driven uh they're just they're just an awesome vehicle yep. there's you can't argue that try one with an l s three there we go that's right wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, mean, I, I drove i drove a convertible ninety l t four on friday morning oh, and honestly i came in i spoke to Tommy off and i was just blown i mean we drive these things all the time but honestly, when you can burn the tires on a 90 convertible with an LT4, it's like nothing. <laughs> I know. Isn't that nice? That is. that is so cool. You almost want a sign in your back window that says you just got roasted. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly right. No doubt. Uh, gentlemen, we got one more question here for you. Um, what What is next for ECD? What, what What's 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 next for you guys? Go on, Tom the Visionary. Go on. <laughs> it's a combination <laughs> of things that um, I've already thrown at Scott and Elliot, and we're already kind of trying to work out. <laughs> um, like Scott mentioned earlier, I think um, you know the, the the drivers' clubs are a, a big thing for us. I think having the the regional centres where bulks of our clients are, um, nothing salesy, just more ongoing client support. Um, I think that's going to be a big thing for us. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, we, we've got hundreds of clients all over the country spread out, but mm-hmm. they are kind of regional, and I think that that's going to be a big thing for for, for ECD. Um, 
also, I think obviously that the expanding the vehicle lineup is going to be a huge thing. Um, and over the rest of the year, I think we'll, we'll start to announce that. But um, th- that's definitely kind of the the two things that always at the top of my mind is is the range uh, that we offer and being more kind of regional and local to our clients. Um, we just we just like to be where our clients are so their vehicles can stay with ECD sure. so they don't have to take it to, you know, they don't have to find a local specialist. I mean, we do all that work, but right. we'd, we'd like the ECD vehicles to stay with ECD for, for the life of, you know, our client owning it. Um, and I think our clients enjoy that as well. They enjoy coming back to us and working with us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have so many repeat clients as well. Um, but, that's yeah, for, for me, that's it. I, I'm sure uh, Scott and Elliot have got some... <laughs> Probably some different ideas, but uh... I, th- I think the I mean the other big one, which is no kind of secret now because Tom posted it all over his Instagram account, is um, you know we're, we're we're building a new facility, and you know the facility we're in now is you know it's, it's a tremendous story, and I'll be sad the day we leave that because we've just organically added on the next lease available and the next lease, and we've kind of just pushed everybody out of the facility we're in and taken every. F- possible unit there is but yeah it, it never really worked for our manufacturing efficiencies as much as needed to so, i see you know we've, we've agreed early this year that we're going to be moving to a new facility next year which is purpose built and that's really exciting i mean every time the three of us go to that site and look at it and you know come up with ideas or have to adapt you know we can really see the future of the business there because we will take you know our vision of manufacturing and what we want to build and keep it customized been in a facility yep. that was purpose built for us and you know some of the ideas we've got there are quite cool i mean we're going to put a driver's club in there and yep. we're going to put some sales in there you know ready now vehicles and i'm sure tom will branch into like other people trading stuff and some exciting vehicles will come into the lineup as well but you know having something i think seeing that new facility and saying we came from this single unit with the three of us and you know an idea uh-huh. One truck in a, in a single unit to, right. to having this huge facility with what Tom thirty two thousand yeah. square foot. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that, the main bits that. Yeah. We we generally are pretty humble people, and we don't. You know, we were our own worst critics. Sure. But I think if the three of us stand in that new facility and say, "Wow, look," you know, we kind of went from an idea of a case of beer one night to yeah. this production <laughs> right. plan, and 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 more importantly, the, the guys that were on the journey with us will still be there. Yeah, you know that's that's really important. You know, sure. the guys that turned the first wrench on the first right. defender are going to be with us and part of it. Absolutely, and, and that's exciting for me. That's exciting for me. Live podcast. <laughs> well, I just hope more brilliant ideas like you guys have put together, both Tom, Elliot, and Scott, such an innovative, inventive idea mm-hmm. uh, over a couple pints of beer. Who knows what can happen? Yeah, right. Uh, and you guys have proved that you've made <laughs> sure. something super special. This is such an incredible idea, mm-hmm. and I wish nothing but the best for you guys and ECD. Thank you very much. I, I do have um, one. Usually I ask everybody when they come on here, uh, just because we're all car guys, the most random question in the world, which is, when you did your driver's test, what car did you drive? <laughs> Ooh. I was going to get a Fiat Panda. A Fiat Panda. <laughs> All right. Okay. There you go. Fiat Panda. Panda. Right. That's a first. <laughs> okay. Mine. Yeah. What was mine? Mine was a, a yellow Citroen Saxo. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Set by mine me. Was, mine was in the 50s. Did they have driving tests? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mine was a... 
Was that Elliot or Scott? Out of a blue mini metro. You know, we're in America. We probably have no idea what those cars actually look like. Yeah, we're probably going to Google them after this show, right? I'm sure they were small little cars where uh, yep. Jason, yeah, Eric, and myself, uh, we <laughs> took our test in these what we call land barges, which big V8, four-door Huge vehicles, right? Yeah, the that, that we took right? our uh, our driver's test in. I, I borrowed my uh, Honda Civic. I, I went for as small as possible. But your, yours isn't really a driving test. You just go around a tennis court and drive around. With well, <laughs> well, it was all about the parallel parking at the end. We, we all had to pass. Test on the road. Right. We all had to pass that parallel parking part of the test. Mm-hmm. So every you know everybody wanted the smallest car to fit in between those two. Uh, Two triangle cones there. So uh, <laughs> Eric picked the smallest car he could I picked find. The smallest one. Now I do have one one final question. Have any of you taken one of the Land Rovers into a dealership just to get the reaction when you ask them to check the spark plugs? <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. So you should take it in there for a tune-up because I think you would have a YouTube channel uh, with the rea- just reaction video. Oh sure, just your reaction. That's right. That's we should do that. How cool is that? That's I right. Was- I was turned away from the Chevy dealership once because they said they don't work on Land Rovers. Uh, and I had to get the service tech to come over and, and prove it was an LS3 in there because it needed a crank sensor to be oh, wow. nice. they offer right. in the crate package. And I had to show him my receipt as well for that. There you go. And I said, you will be doing it, sir. Oh, wow. Guys, it's been a fantastic a conversation. It's been so fun talking with you guys. Yeah, it really has. Uh, yeah, Tom Elliott and Scott, you know, this has been a fast 45 minutes and what a fun and engaging podcast we've had with you all this evening. Rest assured, we'll be following you all, and uh, your continued successes are certainly uh, – you, you all have our support, full support for sure. And how how can our listening audience contact you? What is your all's website so they can uh, so they can contact you guys? Oh, they, it's www.ecdautodesign.com. Okay, okay. Uh, and if they go there, we've got oh, we put every build on there. So I think we've got over 300 trucks on there. They can see, and there's video of every single one of them in image library as well. So Perfect. Yeah. They can see everything on there, and, and the, the entire process of uh, how we do, it. and then the YouTube channel as well, ECD Automotive, ECD Auto Design on YouTube. We do a we do a behind the build series okay. and a defender life series. So we talk about how we build the vehicle. So that's quite interesting. Very cool. That Very is cool. Yep. Yep. Uh, so guys, uh, please check out our website at www.theclassiccarcorner.com and please like and subscribe to our Facebook page titled The Classic Car Corner Podcast. Uh, thank you again, ECD, for joining us here this evening. And thanks for listening and happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. <laughs>